Hey, good morning, Cedar Home family. So glad that uh, you joined us this morning. Uh, we're gonna do something a little bit different this morning. I, I, uh, it's kind of a funny week. I studied for my Ephesians sermon for the next passage for a couple days, put a lot of study into that. And then I felt like because of the, because of everything going on around us, it might be a good time to just take a breather and preach on um, something else. And so all day Wednesday, I spent the day writing a sermon and on a totally different topic, um, kind of on the topic of how do, does the church uh, relate to the government in times like this. And, um, and then last night and this morning, I felt convicted to... <laughs> To throw that one out there, out too, and uh, to do something totally different. Um, I just kind of want to do a heart to heart here, and and um, give you a little insight into where the elders are, and also just share my heart a little, and um, and then look at some scriptures too. But uh, you know. First thing I want to do is this. I, I forgot. I got to mention this. I, I got to give shout out to my wife uh, for uh, <laughs> every time that I have preached from home. She has graciously set up the stage behind me. We've moved all the furniture in our living room and set up a little studio. And then she has taken the kids out for a couple hours so that I can have quiet in the house. So God bless you, Cindy, for, for helping make this happen for us. And to everybody else who's helped. Uh, helping too to my kids and and Dylan um, and his family. Um, you know, I guess I just want to start by acknowledging that all of us that I have talked to in our church and our community are frustrated right now. All of us are feeling torn. Um, I now I got to be careful saying all of us. I don't want to project onto people, but the, the sense that I get is that we're frustrated. We uh, don't exactly know who to believe or what to believe uh, about what we're being told about the situation we're in. Um, I don't think any of us are stoked about obeying and submitting to all the orders of the government right now. Um, and yet we wrestle with scriptures like Romans 13 and 1 Peter uh, 1 and that tell us to obey the government. And obviously we have conversations about, you know, you probably had conversations about what does that look like in this situation and, and, the, and, and when is the right time to put your foot down and say, you know, a line has been crossed and I cannot in good conscience follow the orders of the government because it's causing me to sin. Some of you reached that point a long time ago and some of you are not there yet. And, and it's in that area of conscience, especially where we as Christians are ordered and commanded in scripture to, to give each other grace and to love one another despite our disagreements. And we do not have to be uniform in our agreements, but that doesn't mean we don't seek to maintain the unity that we already have in Christ. Um, I know that uh, a lot of you are feeling anxious right now. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who just are feeling unsettled. I mean, uh, just, you know, this is an unusual time uh, to be quarantined. Uh, there's a lot of disagreements politically going on right now. Uh, obviously, there's uh, disagreements about the seriousness of the health crisis. There's racial uh, division in our country. Um, there's hostility towards leadership in general. Um, and 
You know, just got to acknowledge that if you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling stressed, that's join the club. You're in the right boat. You're not feeling anything abnormal. Um, and if you have pre-existing anxiety or depression, you know that this can just elevate it even more. And so we're, we're thinking about you and praying for you um, during this time. I think, uh, you know, one thing I, I, I want to share is our church uh, is not uniform on the best way to move forward right now. I have talked to a lot of you. Um, and you have talked to different people in the church and I've heard about your conversations and I, in the past 24 hours, have talked to policemen and, um, to nurses in the hospital, trying to get my finger on the pulse of where things are at. And the truth is I've talked to men and women, both there's, there is not a, a consensus right now, even in our church body. Um, and even honestly, among our leadership about what is the exact right thing to do right now. And again, one of the things that makes that tricky is this issue of conscience, which requires grace uh, given and shown to one another. And, and so whatever your position is, um, we value your opinion. Um, we also want you to realize that there are others in this body who do not feel the same way you do, um, who do not interpret the scriptures that you are reading the exact same way that you do. Um, a lot of these, it's not, it's, it's just not as simple as saying, well, this is exactly what the Bible says. In, in many cases, it's complicated because you think, well, if I take this route, I'm disobeying this order. And if I take this route, I'm disobeying this, this command of scripture, right? And so it's complicated. Um, in general, our policy, I guess my, the, the leadership advice I give people uh, who come to me who are in turmoil is, listen, if you're rafting down a river, you don't make any sudden drastic moves when you're in the rapids. You got to ride the rapids out. When you get to the calm waters, then you can then you can think about turning around and doing some more, you know, change of direction. But when you're in the rapids, sometimes you just got to hang on a little bit, be patient and get through it. And that's, you know, um, as I talked to the elders in last night too, I, um, and one elder and specifically, he, you know, he just said, you know, I think in general, even when people aren't on the same page in leadership, uh, the leadership who the church has elected to represent them and to lead in a time like this, um, rash decisions without a lot of thought and prayer are not wise. Um, flippant decisions, throwing everything out the window really fast about everything you've thought and believed about the scripture and what you've thought over the past two months, uh, not seeking the counsel of others, uh, godly people outside your little bubble is not wise. And so what we, you know, I don't know about you, but I, uh, I'm frustrated too. Um, I want, I, I think, you know, all of us, I, I guess I want you to know we're on the same team here at Cedar home. Uh, this isn't, you know, Christians versus Christians, we don't want that to be the case. We don't want it to be elders versus the people. We are a family and we're working through this together. And it's not happened as fast as any of us wanted. Um, but that doesn't mean we, we, we throw the baby out with the bathwater. It doesn't mean we just say, oh, heck with it. I'm going to do whatever I want. Uh, it doesn't mean oh, I'm leaving this church. I'm going with the church down the street who, who has it all figured out. Um, it doesn't mean we have to, to be fearful of the government or to be fearful of the uncertainty of the circumstances around us. I think one of the important things, one of the reasons I decided not to preach on the whole obeying the government versus, you know, where, where, how do we respond with our consciences? Where is that point? 
even in scripture where you see times where disobeying bad uh, authorities is a good thing, right? Um, What matters most, even more than where we land on that, is how we love one another in the body of Christ, despite our disagreements. That is, that is way more important than having a uniform opinion about everything. The question is, how do we love one another and show grace to one another, and in fact, encourage and build up one another despite our disagreements? Um, and I think that is the heart of Jesus. You know, nowhere in Scripture does God tell us you need to have everything figured out about your life. You need to know the what, where, why, and how of everything. He doesn't ever tell us that. He tells us, I've revealed to you what I want you to know, and I want you to trust me with what you don't know and what you don't see. And as you do that, I want you to love me, and I want you to love one another really well. And and I guess that would be my exhortation to you as a church and from the elders. I know I... Um, I just love, honestly, I love our elders. I'm so thankful that every single one of them is so committed to glorifying Christ and being united in this time, which is difficult because we all have different consciences and opinions. So we appreciate your prayers as we pray for you during this time. Um, I think uh, probably this week you heard about the governor's I don't know what it was, a decree or something that the, uh, the churches or religious organizations in Snohomish County, or maybe the whole state, I guess, can now have outdoor meetings of 100 people with multiple gatherings a day. And that there are certain, obviously, uh, social distancing measures and safety precautions they want you to take. Um, some of you hear that and you're like, well, forget it. None of that. We shouldn't follow any of that. That's foolish. Um, this guy's the worst guy in the world and we can't do anything he says, that would be sin. Others of you have responded and said, oh, thank God we can get back together and we can see each other again. And um, we are not pumped about, you know, following all these rules, but at least we can see each other again. And, uh, you know, as I've thought more about this specific you know, hundred number, I think I get frustrated a little bit too, because I think, um, anyways, I'll just say it's, it's frustrating for me too, because I want us all together. Um, and that's the general consensus I'm hearing from our church. And it's hard to be very patient. And, um, I'll tell you this, I think this is where, at least where I'm at. Now, just as a reminder, I am not a CEO of the church. Uh, I am one of the elders um, who has one vote among the elders the church chooses. I do happen to have certain areas of leadership delegated to me in preaching, in pastoral care, and in vision for the church. But I I, I believe in teams. I always believe in teams. If, if you work with me as a youth pastor, you knew that too. Um, and I believe in the body of Christ that we need to work together um, to do the Lord's will. And, um, and so anyways, uh, I just want you to know that um, when I speak, sometimes I'm speaking as an individual, um, and other times I'm speaking for all the elders. And I, I would say right now, I'm not necessarily speaking for all the elders. What, uh, but the consensus I'm getting right now from the majority of the elders is we're keeping a close eye on this right now. And then we're keeping a close eye on this in the next month. Um, We are not out of sync with what many other churches in our area have decided to do at this point. Uh, We are not afraid of the government. And we are not afraid to take a stand at the right time if and when we feel that the government is 
forcing us or causing us to sin and to dishonor the Lord. And, and so right now, I would say we are encouraged by the, this new option of meeting together. We're going to meet with our deacons and staff this week to talk about that logistically. Like, uh, it's not just as simple as showing up and doing it. There's a lot of things, you know, with parking and bathrooms and uh, live streaming the service and stage and all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe not even stage, but tents. You know, there's things we have to think about and do it in an orderly way uh, with this many people. And so, you know, we're going to discuss that as leaders on Monday night. We'd appreciate your prayers about that. And I can't promise that's going to happen either because we make decisions as a team. And so um, what we all want is to honor the Lord. We want to honor the Lord. And it's difficult when we have different opinions about what that looks like. Um, And so we'd appreciate your prayers for unity. Um, And we also really value your input and your feedback. And um, this is one of the reasons why for all the members of our church, we've assigned to you an elder um, so that you can, if you have questions or concerns, contact him and, and, and talk to him. And, uh, and then he can bring back your opinion to the elder team and, and share it with the rest of the team. Um, if, if, uh, if you're not a member, but you have thoughts, you can email us at info at cedarhome.org. But one of the reasons it's so important that we, we do this in an orderly way, even as far as giving your feedback is, um, personally, if you, uh, I just ask that don't please, uh, bombard my phone with texts and voicemail messages. Cause I'm just one person. I can't possibly respond to everybody. And it, it just gets overwhelming for me personally and for my family. And so this is the whole reason we, we have a system set in place so that your feedback still gets heard. It's still brought to the table but it goes through many different channels and not through one bottleneck point. And so I would, I would just encourage you to contact your elder. And if you don't know who that is, then again, email us at info at cedarhome.org. I love you. I want, I value your opinions. I just am just one person. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, if you remember in Exodus, when Moses was trying to lead everything by himself and his father-in-law Jethro came and said, listen, you're going to burn out if you try to do this by yourself. You have to appoint leaders to help carry the load and to help shepherd the flock. And that's what he did. And that's what we've done at Cedar Home. And so we just ask that you would use those means um, that we have put in place to do this in an orderly way so that everyone gets heard. Um, And and so, um, yeah, I just want to encourage you that we love you. We really do. We the desire of our hearts is was to get together a month ago, um, and at the same time, we're being mindful of the variety of opinions on this. The uh, praying that the Lord would show us clearly if and when that time is to put our foot down on the ground and say, "No, government, you have stepped too far." that um, that would just be really clear to us as the leaders and that we would do that. We're not there quite yet. And we're encouraged by the way it's going and we hope not to get there. Uh, but we don't know. Again, we're taking this day by day. That's part of the frustrating thing too as a leader. You, listen, we're dealing with the same information you are. We don't have all the answers yet either. We're, 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 the, the situation is fluid and is changing quickly. So in a month from now, we don't know exactly what we're, where we're going to be. Um, but uh, as we get to that point, my prayer is, man, let's just love one another. <laughs> Please, let's just love one another. And I don't have a huge reason to think that we haven't been, but if there was ever a time when the body of Christ had an opportunity to love one another and to show the love of Christ and the grace of Christ toward one another in the wor- to the world in a radical way, this is it. We do not have to respond in rage and silly quarrels. Not that they're insignificant, but they're they're done in the flesh. 
we do not have to act like we did when we were sons of disobedience. We're new creations now. By the power of the Spirit, we can ask Him, Lord, help me to be like you, Jesus. Help me to, help me to love others, even those that I disagree with. And use all of this, God, use all of it to bring more people to your kingdom. Use all of it for the glory of your name. Help me, Lord, not to be a stumbling block for anybody during this time or to be someone who turns anybody away from Christ because of my actions. Help me, Lord, to, to demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit, your love, your joy in this time, your patience, God, your peace inwardly, and on and on and on. Um, and so I, I just want to encourage you, I guess, with that, I, that uh, um, we can trust that our elders are informed. We are staying, keeping close eyes on, the, on, the, on everything that's going around us. Not that we know all, but I'll tell you, we're working together. We're talking to other leaders in the community. Um, and we want to be wise and prudent about how we move forward. And so we just appreciate your patience and your encouragement. And I'll tell you this, you know, I was talking to my neighbor who's not a Christian and because I really wanted to get his opinion, just not as a Christian on, on this whole thing. And, and he said something interesting. He said, uh, I appreciated his comment. He said, you know, the, I feel bad for anybody who has to be a leader right now, whether you're talking about the president or the governor or a pastor, because whatever you do, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, it seems. And uh, because people are so divided about this whole thing. Well, you know, um, in a lot of ways, I think he's right. I'm thankful that my justification in Christ isn't based on the damnation of people, but on the salvation of Jesus. Um, that being said, I, would, I just would encourage you to be an encouragement to your leaders and not a discouragement to your leaders at this time. We're just people too. Uh, we're trying to honor the Lord in our families and uh, in our daily walks and lead this church in a way that honors Christ and that um, truly is the light of Christ in our community and, and does not uh, nullify or jeopardize our our testimony and our witness in this community. Because even though we are a church and we're a smaller community, God has also ordained us to be part of a larger community too, um, which he commands us at several points in scripture to seek the welfare of. Um, and so we wanna love the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we also wanna love our neighbors as ourselves. So, if you talk to one of your leaders in the church, I just, I ask that uh, you'd be an encouragement to them because this is a difficult time to be a leader and, and none of us are, listen, we're not the enemy. <laughs> this is frustrating time, I know, but um, this is why when we appoint elders and other leaders in the church, we're thorough and we do it in a way where can they at this time be steady? And when, when, the, when the, the waters are rapid, can they be steady and seek the Lord and not make a rash, foolish decision, but take care of the flock, do what's best for the flock, and by the power of Christ and with the wisdom of Christ, do what they need to do without fear and boldness in the right way at the right time. And you have, we believe, by the power of the Spirit as in the body, selected our elders for this time. And we are obviously not uh, a bubble. And like I said, we're taking in a lot of input. But the reality is um, God has ordained elders to, to lead the church and to shepherd 
the church and to be the overseers of the flock and to love the flock like Christ loves the flock at this time. And it's a privilege and it's also um, not easy and we need the grace of the church during this time too. So all that being said, I hope that you're hearing my heart, that we love you. And I don't have any quick and easy answers for you right now. And I know that's going to be frustrating for you too. But I can tell you that we're taking this one week at a time. We're doing this prayerfully. We need desperately your prayers because prayers are powerful and effective. Um, and I'm very thankful for the people uh, who are leading this church and um and I'm thankful for all of you, and I love you very much. And um, what we need to do now in the midst of the chaos is to turn our eyes to God. We're in the storm just like the disciples were in the storm on the Sea of Galilee. The wind and the waves are crashing and and uh, Jesus is right there, and he's telling us, keep your eyes on me and walk toward me. And that's exactly what we need to do. Uh, we need to not worry and fear and think this is all on my shoulders to figure all of this out. We need to cast our anxieties on the Lord and trust the Lord that he is sovereign and he is in control and he is working out in power right now in the details of all of this in ways we don't know fully to bring glory to his name. And we get to be part of that. And that is so awesome. And so we need to be filled with the spirit. We need to be filled with the word and instruction of the Lord. We need to encourage and build up one another and not tear each other apart. We need to love one another. We need to make sacrifices for one another. And we need to keep our eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. And remember, this place isn't our home. Uh, we're here for a little while. Um, some of us are probably going to go home real, real soon. We don't even know. The Lord knows and he has all our days appointed. But today, as a church, we get the privilege of opening up the word of God. <clears throat> And being reminded that he is in control and that he loves us and that this is his plan in his world, not ours. So what I want to do in the remainder of our time is I just want to read through the word of the Lord, some passages of scripture. And I'm not going to exposit them. I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you um, as you read these and, and apply them to you. And so my idea is that if you have a pen or paper, you could grab that. Or if you have a phone and just get, you know, your notepad open on your phone to take a few notes, you can do that. As long as your phone won't be a distraction to you during this time. Um, but what I want to do is read through the passage, a passage of scripture. As you're, as I'm reading this, I want you to write down if, if there's any notes or convictions you have or anything the Holy Spirit brings to you because at the end of each passage I just want us to take a minute and pray in response to that privately that the Lord would help us to apply that to our lives and that he would help us be a part of loving one another well and doing whatever he tells us in these passages um, and so I'm going to read some scripture and you know, if, if something comes to mind, please take a note and then we'll take a minute in prayer after each one. I've got about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven scriptures. I don't know how long this is going to go. I mean, I hope it isn't, it won't be too long for you, but I don't know about you. I'm in quarantine and I don't have a whole lot going on right now that's more important than this. And this is what I need. And so I'm so thankful you joined me for this. If you have a Bible with you, please open with me. We're going to start by declaring the awesomeness of the Lord together. Um, Psalm 46. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, thank you, thank you so much for the love and grace you've shown to us, God. We who were once sons of disobedience and children of wrath, you made us alive together with Christ. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that you've already seated us in the heavenly places with Christ. Just as our, our seal and as our reminder that this place isn't our home. We're not home yet. And we feel that in times like these. Holy Spirit, as we read your word, please illuminate it for us. Speak to us in power. Encourage us. Build us up so that we can be an encouragement to one another. Help us to turn our eyes onto you, Jesus. We love you so much. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So encouraging. Amen. Let's turn now to Isaiah 40, verse 1. We're going to read a chunk here. Isaiah 40. Oh, sorry. Before we do that, I told you we were going to pray. So let's, let's pray about Psalm 46. And I'm not able to take notes right now because... I'm reading, so I want to turn back. Let's take a minute and pray about this. Let's move to Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice cries, it's, or excuse me, a voice says, cry. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all its beauty is like the flower of its field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. 
Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, enclosed the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance? Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows him his counsel? Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are like a drop drop from a bucket and are accounted as the dust on the scales. Behold, he takes up the coastlines like fine dust. Lebanon would not suffice for fuel, nor are its beasts enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are as nothing before him. They are accounted by him as less than nothing and emptiness. To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness compare with him? An idol? An idol. A a craftsman casts it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and casts for it silver chains. He who is too impoverished for an offering chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks out a skillful craftsman to set up an idol that will not move. Do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Scarcely are they planted, scarcely sown. Scarcely has their stem taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither, and the tempest carries them off like stubble. To whom then will you compare me? That I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who created these. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name, by the greatness of his might. And because he is strong in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by God? Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Listen to me in silence, O coastlands. Let the peoples renew their strength. Let them approach, then let them speak. Let us together draw near for judgment. Who stirred up one from the east whom victory meets at every step? He gives up nations before him so that he tramples kings underfoot. He makes them like dust with his sword, like driven stubble with his bow. He pursues them and passes on safely by paths his feet have not trod. Who has performed and done this, calling the generations from the beginning? I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. The coastlands have seen and are afraid. The ends of the earth tremble. They have drawn near and come. Everyone helps his neighbor and says to his brother, Be strong. The craftsman strengthens the goldsmith, and he who smooths with the hammer, him who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, It is good. 
and they strengthen it with nails so that it cannot be moved. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, the offspring of Abraham, my friend, you whom I took from the ends of the earth and called from its farthest corners, saying to you, you are my servant. I have chosen you and not cast you off. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. Let's take a minute of silence to pray in reflection. Okay, let's move to 1 Corinthians 12. Start at verse 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest, uh, greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts, and I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. 
It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. Let's pray. Okay, let's move to Romans 14. Verse 1. As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while the weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains. And let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servant of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day is better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God. While the one who abstains abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or you, why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. But what you eat, by what you eat, do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Let's pray. Okay, let's move to John 17, verse 20. This is Jesus praying at the Last Supper for us, his church. I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may all be one. Just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me, and loved them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me, because you loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know you, that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known, that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Now, before we pray, let's also, uh, let's couple that with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to this sorry this is the apostle paul writing now obviously i therefore a prisoner for the lord urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called with all humility and gentleness with patience bearing with one another in love eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace there is one body and one spirit just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Let's pray. For our final reading, let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Next book over.
verse 1 of Philippians 2. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but but much more in my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent. Children of God, without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Let's take a minute and pray about that. Lord Jesus, we come to you now as your church family, and we ask you, by the power of your Spirit, show us your glory, remind us of your wonders, put yourself at the forefront of our minds as we keep our eyes on you, help us to, by your power, do your will, and God, help us to love as you have loved us. Help us, Lord, to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Help us to have humility that counts others more significant than ourselves. Help us to have the mind of Christ which went to the cross for others. Help us, Lord, not to grumble or dispute. Help us to be blameless and innocent. Help us to be without blemish in the midst of this crooked and twisted generation so that we might shine as your lights in this world as we hold fast the word of life and that we might give you great pleasure on the day that we see you face to face, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for where we have fallen short. Forgive us for when we have sinned against you, your uh, other people, and against the church. Forgive us for when we've spoken hastily, for when we've been arrogant and proud and looked down on others. Forgive us, Lord, for where we have sown seeds of division. 
Lord, help us to be builders of your body, encouragers of your body, lovers of God, not lovers of self. Help us to be lovers of one another, not just in our feelings or feeling love, loving toward one another all the time, but in demonstrating love by having the mind of Christ who for the love and honor of God and the love of undeserving sinners laid down his life as a sacrifice for others. Help us to have that mind, Lord. Please give us supernatural patience, wisdom, protect our families, our minds, our hearts during this time. Help us as a church family to walk in a way worthy of the gospel. We love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much for being here for this. Um, Yeah, we just need to soak in the word and pray together. Keep things in perspective. God's in control. I love you all. Our elders love you. Let's love one another this week and encourage one another. The elders or I will be in touch when we know, when we have the information to know what to announce next. Um, But enjoy this day the Lord has made. Let us all rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you. Bye.